Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks, episode 105. It is Friday. I ain't got no jobs. We got nothing to do. I don't know. I'm in a goofy mood. The Hawks won a game in regulation. I didn't know that was a thing anymore, winning games in regulation. The Hawks hadn't done it in two weeks. They only did it one time in the entire month of February. So let's get into it. Lockdown Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. You know that. You know the drill. You've been here before. It's 105 episodes in already, damn it. Hawks win 5-2. Uh, Dominic Kubalik records a hat trick with an empty netter, if that even counts. And Corey Crawford, absolutely on fire, making up for, well, he gave up six goals against the Blues, but he was still pretty damn good in that game. But serious, awesome bounce back for Corey Crawford. Made a lot of very difficult saves. So let's get into this one. First, I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Remember, I'm doing an extra mailbag podcast to give you next week. We're going to have three episodes next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, because I'm going to be in Arizona, unable to watch games, unable to record anything new. I am going to bring like a minimal setup in case something crazy happens, like Jeremy Cowton gets fired or Stan Bowman gets fired or something. If something crazy happens, I have to react to I can give you like a lo-fi version of the podcast just so you have something. But uh, the plan is if it's just sort of a status quo Hawks week that we'll have three uh, episodes, one of them will be a best of and then two of them will be mailbag type. So get those questions in. And I said it on Twitter today. Ask me anything. It doesn't even have to be about hockey. You want to ask me about music, movies, life, being a dad, being a softball coach, uh, Growing up on the south side, whatever. Anything you're interested in, you want to learn about 670, the score. I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast because they know me from the score. So if you want to get some dirt on score people, I'm, I'll give it to you. I'm here for you. So lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. The voicemail line 708-653-0572. On Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. My personal account at jzawoski 670 and, of course, the Madhouse podcast at Madhouse Pod. So the Hawks win 5-2, come back from a 2-0 deficit. And while the game started, I guess you could say kind of even, it was a weird first period because there were so many penalties that it was kind of hard to get, like, a real rhythm and kind of tell, like, who's actually doing better here um, because both teams were, were on the power play so often. There were one, two, three, four, five, six penalties in the first period, three for each team. So it was hard to get a feel for the game. Shots on goal ended in the first, uh, I think it was 10-7 in favor of the Hawks. And then the second period came, and then Tampa really started kind of taking control a little bit. They had a really strong second period. By the way, it was 11-10 in favor of the Hawks in the first period. Then the Hawks started the second period pretty well, but then Tampa had this surge where they were just really putting on the Blackhawks. Corey Crawford stood tall, finally, finally gave up a goal with 15:31 gone in the second period to Braden Point, his 23rd of the year. And then right away in the third, Tampa scores again, and it starts to feel like it's getting away from the Hawks, right? They're just overmatched. They've played hard. They've played well, but the Tampa's a really damn good team. They're a historically great team last year. So it was sort of just had that feel of like, okay, they can only do this for so long before Tampa's going to Tampa 
and uh, catch up in this game. But then all of a sudden, the Hawks start storming back. Brandon Saad scores with 436 gone in the third. Then seconds later, Dominic Kubalik. Then four minutes later, Slater Cuckoo. Then Kubalik again, less than two minutes later. And then Kubalik puts the uh, bow on the hat trick with 17-29 gone in the third period. And the Hawks win 5-2. So say what you want to say. And I saw Mark Lazarus mention this on Twitter. And I think it does deserve to be said. I think we've been through, as Hawk fans, a period of misery this month. They fell out of a playoff race. They sold off Eric Gustafson and Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard has had a lot of sort of negative things to say about the Hawks lately. Uh, and I'll get to that a little bit later in the show. There were some more comments made uh, yesterday that I want to share with you. It just has been kind of a crappy feel around the Blackhawks lately. So this win felt good to me. And Mark Lazarus pointed it out. He said, say what you want to say about these Blackhawks. And there's a lot to say. But you can't question their heart. You can't question their spirit. They never give up in games. And I think that's true. You don't see them quit a lot. But what we have seen, and this has been my frustration, especially lately, are the slow starts. They come out in games, they're not ready to go right off the bat, then they're down a goal or two early. That wasn't the case last night, but it's been sort of a recurring theme all season. But I will say, even in those games, the Hawks do their best to battle back. Sometimes they're able to, most of the time they're not, but the effort is typically there eventually. I don't think there's been many games this year where I just say, the Hawks just flat out didn't want to be there. They weren't ready to play from start to finish, and they just sort of quit. I, I'm struggling to think of a game like that, maybe something very, very early in the year where the Hawks looked like an absolute dumpster fire before the system change was made in early November. But for the most part, the effort is there. So I think when the season's gone the way it's gone, when you have a night like last night, when you have a win, like last night on the road against a good team with a hat trick and a great goalie uh, performance. Take some time and enjoy it, right? Not every night has to be about the huge big picture of the Hawks or the future or whatever. I saw a lot of people, you know, when Kubelik scored his second and third goal, sort of saying like, oh, how, the Hawks, how are the Hawks going to sign him? Let's, let's worry about that another time. <laughs> There's enough crap to keep us occupied and frustrated this week. Uh, so let's let's bask in this win a little bit. It's been a long time since you felt really, really good about the way the Hawks uh, played and especially finished the game. And uh, like I said on yesterday's podcast, if there's a silver lining to Robin Leonard leaving, and I don't really think there is from a hockey standpoint, but if you're trying to find a silver lining for that, it's that Corey Crawford might finally get his due and get the cheers he deserves from Blackhawks fans because he was awesome last night. He's been awesome lately. He's been really good all year. So maybe this could be Corey Crawford's farewell tour. So hopefully in these, what, 11 home games in March, Hawks fans Hawks fans let him know how much he's been appreciated over the years. And if they didn't appreciate him, maybe they'll start to now. All right. For the final time, I'm going to encourage you to this spring Follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training, amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Ten stadiums, 
15 MLB teams, 75 degree temperatures. I am flying out tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Goodbye snow, goodbye cold, hello sunshine, hello baseball, hello beer. I cannot wait. All right, I've given this to you a couple times. My favorite restaurant in Arizona, Dick's Hideaway. It's in Phoenix. It's very hard to find. That's why it's called Dick's Hideaway. You will go and have one of the best meals of your life. There, I told you. Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes and thrilling outdoor adventure. Check off must-see destinations from your bucket list, like the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend, and Tucson. Arizona has tons of fun stuff for kids to do and see, like wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, and dude ranches. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. And the other thing, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Blackhawks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hawks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hawks fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, let's put your company right here on this Lockdown Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday. The Hawks won last night. Let's do a very positive post-game pluses and minuses, starting as we do with the pluses. First plus for me is definitely going to go to Corey Crawford, who kept the Hawks in the game when they had no business being in the game. By the way, when that third period started and it was 2-0, didn't 2-0 feel like 7-0? Didn't that feel like the most unclimbable hill for the Blackhawks? But you turn your head and all of a sudden the Hawks are back in the game and when the smoke clears, they win the game 5-2. But without Corey Crawford... I don't really want to know how this game would have turned out. He was absolutely outstanding, stopping 36 of 38 shots on goal from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Many of them difficult saves, many of them high danger saves. Corey Crawford was phenomenal for the Blackhawks last night. Next plus goes to Dominic Kublik with the hat trick. He scored his 27th, 28th, and 29th goals of the season. This guy is a pure goal scorer, and when we saw him early this year, you sort of saw the signs. Even in the preseason, you saw the signs a little bit of, wow, that guy's got a great shot. I think Eddie Olchek says he can drift the puck several times a game, and that is a really accurate way to put it. Uh, Kubelik's shot is wicked. It is very hard to stop. It's also heavy, and if you're sort of a newish hockey fan, there's a difference between fast and heavy. He shoots the puck hard. It damages the goalie <laughs> when it hits him. I don't know. There's something about his shot that just looks especially painful 
when you get in the way to block it. So Dominic Kubalik obviously gets a plus. Want to give one to Slater Cuckoo for picking up his first goal of the season against his former team. You may remember the Blackhawks traded Jan Ruda last season for Slater Cuckoo. And quite honestly, Cuckoo's been a pretty pleasant surprise since being picked up, especially this season. He sort of has found his way um, into the Hawks lineup. He's been playing pretty well. Not a great night possession-wise last night. Just 29.17% Corsi 4 percentage. Not very good, but there's other factors that go into it as well, obviously. But overall, I think Cuckoo's been pretty good. So I've been happy with his play. So congrats to him on his first goal of the year coming against his former team. Another guy who had a really solid game, and it, it kind of fell through the cracks because he didn't get on the score sheet at all, Jonathan Taves. Four shots on goal, another shot attempt. He was plus two. How he didn't score on that power play in the third period. Patrick Kane found him on the doorstep. He had a clear shot connected with it, and McElhaney just made the save. Taves also won 65% of his faceoffs. I want to give another plus to Dylan Strom, who had a pretty solid bounce-back game last night. Picked up an assist, 13-32 of ice time. Two shots on goal, two more shot attempts. He won 58% of his faceoffs, so that's a really good thing. I think a lot of Hawks played pretty well, and you got to mention Brandon Saad as well. A goal, an assist, two points, only two shot attempts the entire night. One of them was on goal, but he was all over the place. He was making things happen in the first period. He had a shift where the Lightning just could not get the puck away from uh, from Brandon Saad. He has been, I've said it for a long time now, and I will repeat it over and over again. He's been one of the most consistent Blackhawks all season long. And, uh, you know, one of the guys who has not moved out at the deadline and having him around maybe keeps the Hawks in some games that they wouldn't have been uh, had they moved him too. So really, really solid game for Brandon Saad. Now let's get to the minuses. Not too many, but I want to call out Pat Foley for in one shift calling Olimata, Rutu, then Ruta, then Mata. <laughs> All in one shift. And if anyone knows me, and has anyone, anyone's listened to me for any number of years, they know that I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Tuomo Rutu, who was kind of like the first high draft pick that was going to be the next star for the Blackhawks. They ended up trading him for Andrew Ladd, and that worked out pretty well for the Hawks. But I love Tuomo Rutu, and when I just heard that name, my ears perked up like, what? Huh? He's back? Oh, no, he's probably like 40 now. He's not that old, is he? How old is Tuomo Rutu? I'm going to Google it. You guess while you're listening in your car. How old is Tuomo Rutu? 37. All right. Here's a story about me and Tuomo Rutu. Uh, Before I was working in media, I was just a Hawks fan and uh, idolized Rutu. He was my favorite player. And uh, we used to hang out at Stanley's after all the games. And the Hawks players would inevitably always end up there. This was in a time where no one knew who they were. So they can go pretty much anywhere they wanted. So... I actually had a mutual friend with Rutu, a friend of mine from Finland uh, is a sports writer, and I met him at a Notre Dame football game. And long story short, he knows Rutu, and we all hung out one night. It was Rutu's birthday. He got a brand new Sammy Sosa authentic jersey, and I spilled a shot on his jersey, and he gave me a look that I will never forget. It was maybe the worst moment of my life. So that gets a minus. Me spilling a drink on Tuomo Rutu on his birthday. 
that definitely gets a minus for me. Other than that, aside from some moments in the game where the Hawks just couldn't get the puck, couldn't find the puck, which was basically just sort of a um, a skill difference, a speed difference, a size difference, I don't have a ton of negatives. Alex Nylander, not much of a factor, even though he was playing with Patrick Kane, minus one, only 9.13 of ice time. You know, the evidence is piling up that that trade was a bust. And when we start to discuss Stan Bowman's future, that's one that we really can't ignore, isn't it? All right, it's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I was going to keep it positive, but it would be irresponsible for me to not bring up this story from NBCSports.com. Robin Leonard had some more thoughts on how things ended with the Blackhawks. And I've said all week that my most trusted source, my source that has never lied to me before, has no reason to lie to me about anything, told me the Blackhawks did offer Robin Leonard three years. That's what they wanted to sign him for. With that, here's what Robin Leonard had to say yesterday. This is by Scott King. I went to Chicago to help them out and got promises of getting a fair chance to play. I came there with a good mindset to fit into the team. I mean, I didn't play much in the beginning or the middle beginning of the season, even if I played really well and had a good camp. Eventually, I took over, and I think I won like 9 out of 10, 12 out of 15, and we walked up one point behind a playoff spot. Then all of a sudden, I found myself on the bench for no reason. That was tough, plus negotiations had totally died out. At the end of the day, we are players playing for our lives and playing for contracts. I felt for two years I played really well, and I still can't get something done. And I'm playing well, and I can't play. It hits your motivation part a little bit, and I've got to do a better job of letting that kind of go away. I thought there was a future there, and I did everything to get a future there, and I still couldn't get a future there. In the end, the last couple weeks were tough, mentally, to kind of find the motivation needed. So there you go. There's Robin Leonard on how things ended with the Blackhawks. So I think it's important to talk about. Um, boy, it's it's tough to hear that. And uh, I think a lot of Hawks fans wanted him back. I wanted him back. I don't know a single Hawks fan that didn't want him back. So when you hear that negotiations died out and that all of a sudden he wasn't starting, and I, and I have to admit, I think a lot of you feel the same way. Like after the All-Star break and the bye week, Corey Crawford was getting most of the starts. So there, it was a little bit odd. I don't really know what was happening there. And it's fine because Crawford had been playing very well. So it wasn't like a total mystery. Crawford had been the better goalie, uh, I think, since the All-Star break ended. He's been the better of the two. I don't think there's much question about that. But Robin Leonard clearly not happy. I don't know if he's pissed so much as disappointed. I think when you hear those comments, it sounds like more like disappointment than anger. Um, but here he is. Now he's in Vegas. But boy, it feels like you can sort of wave goodbye to any hopes of him signing this summer based on the comments he's made since Monday. I think there's been, what, three or four stories from Robin Leonard since then about the trade, about how things went down, about how he was disappointed and how they went down. And what's important to remember is the reason Leonard decided to sign in Chicago in the first place was because he liked how respected he felt by the organization, how the Hawks came out and were like, hey, we trust you. We're not worried about the mental health stuff. 
We know you've got it worked out. We know you're working on it every day. We just want you to come here and play goalie. And that's a big reason why Robin Leonard decided to play for the Hawks. He said that himself. Before he put on a Blackhawks uniform, he said that in the offseason. He said he was very impressed by how professional the Blackhawks were to him. So I don't know what changed over the last few weeks. And I'm going to continue to trust my source because I have done it for, what, 10, 11 years? And it hasn't let me down yet. But something is lost in translation here. Maybe Leonard didn't get the message that the Hawks were offering him three years. Maybe it was a three-year, $3 million offer, right? Something that he's obviously not going to accept. These are the things that will come out over time. But it's really disappointing for things to end. It's it's bad enough that the Hawks were forced to trade Robin Leonard because they'd fallen out of contention. It's another thing that now that he's gone to hear all these bad things about how it went down. That's That's worse. It's bad to lose him. It's worse to hear crap about the team we all root for and the team we all like and the team we all want to be, you know, have positive feelings about win or lose. It's just, it's been a tough week from Monday selling things off to the loss against the Blues to Robin Leonard's comments. That's why last night's win was sort of a, like an exhale for me. I hope it was for you as well. Before we wrap things up, Let's take a look at the NHL standings. This is as of 9 p.m. on Thursday evening. Let's check out where I'm going to refresh to make sure I got it totally updated. The Hawks are now six points out of the final playoff spot with 64 points. They're trailing Minnesota, who has 67. Arizona, Winnipeg, and Nashville all have 70. Nashville holds that second wild card spot. Calgary with possession of that first spot with 72 they're also right behind Edmonton and Vancouver who have 74 in the Pacific Division so that thing is up for grabs those teams are going to be bouncing back and forth at the wild card spot pretty much for the rest of the year the current scores as I'm recording this Boston leads Dallas 4-3 Ottawa leads Vancouver 5-2 the Islanders lead the Blues 2-1 the Flames are beating Nashville 2-1 the Jets are beating the Capitals 2-0 And then we have the uh, Devils and Sharks later tonight. So there you go. Other finals are all Eastern Conference games. Oh, the Wild beat the Red Wings 7-1. Can you believe it? The Red Wings. Should we check back in? Let's do it. Let's check back in on the Red Wings. This will be fun. It's a nice way to end the week. All right, ready? The Red Wings through 65 games. 15, 46-4. With 34 points. Ooh. Goal differential? You ready for this one? This is always this is my most fun part of the week. The worst team in hockey, aside from Detroit, is the Ottawa Senators. They are a minus 50 in goal differential. For reference, the Hawks are minus 13. The Detroit Red Wings are minus 113. They have scored 113 fewer goals than their opponents. How about that? That's how you end a week, isn't it? That's a high note. Just wallowing and basking in the Red Wings suckiness. Hope the win last night. Hope the Red Wings stuff. Get your weekend off to a good start. Again, we'll have three episodes next week. um, One of which will be a uh, best of. 
The other two will be mailbags. They might be a little shorter than usual, depending on how much feedback I get. But you send me a question, I will answer it. Nothing's off limits. Whatever you want to know, I will answer. Hit me up, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com, 708-653-0572, or on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. I will talk to you a week from Monday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.